We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome in uh, to a little live makeshift uh, Three Ma Big 12 Champions edition of uh, Three Ma. We are, we are hunkered down in a hotel ballroom that just hosted a wedding uh, earlier today. So there is appropriately like a bunch of, I think they're like flower petals, but it looks kind of like confetti all over the floor here. But uh, I think really they're just helping celebrate the cats. You know, I mean, it's just some of that confetti that was uh, that was down there. That's what it looks like, man. Looks like confetti. Hey, Robbie, how you doing, man? Appreciate you joining in. Well, uh, we're we're excited, also a little bit uh, drained, I think, at this point, because that was a that was an emotional roller coaster uh, of a game, absolutely insane. Uh, K State out of the gate looked like it was going to be a long day. Came all the way back, completely grabbed control of that game, coughed it up, muffed a punt. Uh, I mean, there were multiple instances where it felt like K State had total control of that game, gave it all the way up, and then felt like it, it was done. And they find a way to get the incredible goal line stop with bodies falling everywhere, like injuries all over the place again, because it would not be K-State TC without all of that. And yet this team found a way, man. And Ty Zentner winds up blasting through the uh, the game-winning field goal there. Love the call from Chris Fowler that we just heard. Uh, I mean, just not, not enough good things to say about everything that happened today. That is that is one of the better, better moments that I can remember in my life in a long time to be there to experience that game, uh, which was a phenomenal atmosphere, the highest attended Big 12 championship game since 2018 with almost 70,000 people. Um, just although I don't know that today, quite frankly, could have gone much better because if you care about the Big 12, I think the game being that close is going to get TCU also into the playoffs. So just all the way around, man, uh, I, I 
just I'm going to start with a general statement. Like there, there is not much more I can say about how incredible all that was. Well, it, was a, it was probably the best K-State football game that I've ever attended in my life. I mean, I can't think of a bigger moment on a bigger stage with everything at stake and the way that that game ended that that's occurred in my lifetime that I've attended. And so it was a it was a special moment for sure uh, for us to take in. And it just once again shows how resilient this football team is, because every time they get knocked down this season, every time they lost, they always bounce back with some sort of major win, uh, dominant win. And in this game, it had felt like it had slipped through their fingers. I mean, you and I were sitting together and kind of feeling checked out in overtime. Right? I did check out in yeah. overtime. I mean, I, I literally sat there. I told Colt, the only way we're winning this thing is scoring a touchdown and going for two, which I think Kleiman said in the postgame presser he was going to do. Uh, but I just, I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to casually watch them score and then hope to God that we go for two and get the two point conversion. I was emotionally, I was emotionally broken in that overtime. The momentum had completely swung in TCU's favor. You could feel the energy completely shift in that stadium. And even when Max Duggan was marked down with just inches to go, they still had two downs to get in. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, I saw this in Fort Worth when they had third yeah. down and goal, and they easily punched it in. When they have a power back like Kendra Miller and then a running quarterback like Max Duggan, I'm thinking sneak this in and k-state somehow back-to-back -back plays stuffs tcu and stuffs probably the hardest running back to bring down outside of B. John robinson in the big 12 in terms of pure physicality uh kendra miller can't get five inches six inches on back-to-back -back plays and actually loses maybe a half yard a yard on that fourth down play with K-State with a redshirt freshman in it, nose tackle, and Damian. Uh, Damian Ela Leo, man, I didn't even realize that until well after the game, like about an hour ago. Damian Ela Leo, Manhattan High kid who was a stud at MHS, great, great, great player. And I had been hearing, like, was going to be a legitimate contributor at K-State, which did not shock me. Uh, he was, I mean, he was on a different level uh, playing in the Centennial League for Manhattan High. And he has to go in, yeah, because Uso got hurt there. And I know Duggan was like, complaining at first like as if it were a fake injury or something um but clearly that was legit and you have to go Damian Ela Leo he makes the play I mean there are just so many instances of that K-State played freaking Keenan Garber at corner for a good chunk of this game after Echo Boydo got hurt which was in like the second quarter um they have to go Keenan Garber who just less than a month ago transitioned from receiver to defensive back we all everybody in our section Shout out to the guys that were sitting next to us who were super well-informed, and they're looking at us like, who's 35? And I was like, I don't know who 35 is. And then someone in our group chat's like, that's Garber. I was like, that's right. I remember them saying Keenan Garber had moved a corner. But for all the concern we had about injuries, man, I mean, they're already down two safeties. Then you're down Echo Boido. You're having to play Garber out there. Uh, RJ Garcia has a 25-yard touchdown catch that was only his sixth, sixth catch of the season. I mean, it was just next man up all the way across the board. Malik Knowles went out of the game after he had a, a, a play that basically was the touchdown drive. I mean, he yeah, sets up the touchdown, and and it's you just felt like you lost all the explosiveness to the offense. I don't. This team just finds ways, and it's it's unbelievable. It speaks to the program depth. It speaks to the belief that everybody has and the culture that they have. A lot of things, but uh, that is one of the most astounding things to me to come out of this game is that it was by no means like perfect or pretty or everybody healthy at all, but they just had guys stepping up and, and making plays. And Wallace commented and talk about the defensive depth. Well, you know, you always hear about Kansas State. As you get later in the season, it's not so much the first string, right? But as you get more and more guys banged up, Kansas State doesn't have that quality too deep in the recruiting nature of this program to have that too deep. But it has shown that they have developed that quality of depth because it really was next man up in this game. Every time a guy came down, somebody else came on the field and made a play. I mean, there were various points in the game where K-State had three true freshmen playing on the defensive side of the football. And B.J. Payne, 
Jake Clifton, and Jacob Parrish, which, by the way, Jacob Parrish has such a bright future. His, his yeah. star is shining so brightly. He was tremendous out there today, and he's really been good all year. You know, you haven't heard us talk about Jacob Parrish much, and that's a good thing because as a true freshman out of Olathe, he has done nothing to make you question him as a cornerback. He is going to be a star at the cornerback position for K-State. And then Keenan Garber, for I, I think this is his first snaps at corner that he's had in the game. I sure as hell hadn't seen and, him there. Yeah. And for him to go in the game, and TCU tried to attack him on, I think, the third play he was in. And, and the guy was somewhat open. They overthrew him, but there was drop coverage. A safety was back behind as well in a cover two setup. Uh, yeah, Keenan Garber. I, I didn't say his name today with any like concerns of blown coverages again. That's a guy that just transitioned from wide receiver. He's a guy that, you know, we were like, is he going to transfer out of the program? Because it clearly wasn't going to work out at receiver. He was a talented kid. And Chris Kleiman's first recruiting class thought he was going to be a dynamic weapon on the offensive side of the football. And then here in his fourth year in the program, they find a spot that works for him. And he goes out there in the biggest game of K-State's season, the biggest game of Chris Kleiman's coaching career at Kansas State, and has a heck of a game for K-State. It's just, you know, all the guys that got hurt in this game for other guys, R.J. Garcia on the offensive side of the ball will hit on him too when Malik Knowles is out. Everybody stepped up. Katori Levison goes out of the game. Dawson Delforge steps in at left guard. Cooper Beebe goes over to left tackle. Now Levison gets back in the is game. It really was, it was Delforge who came in? Delforge came in. Why, why do they not use Langang there? I don't know. I was, I was a little bit surprised that Langang didn't come in. But, uh, yeah, they went with Delforge at left guard, slid Beebe out the tackle. Now Levison came back in a series later. But, yeah, it just gets back to the depth of the program that they developed and how everybody is ready to play. You know, Will Howard, when Adrian got hurt earlier, mm-hmm. he was ready to step right in. I mean, they these guys prepare like a championship football team. And, you know, you're seeing the, the stat line here on our YouTube channel, Will Howard, 18 to 32, 199 yards, 6.2 yards per pass, two TDs and zero interceptions. Maybe Will's actually his worst game, would you say? And that's not, a, not, saying, that's not saying he played poorly. He did make some some questionable throws that maybe could have possibly been picked off uh, that K-State was a little bit fortunate on. But yeah. it's a that's a high-profile game, and, and he still stepped up and made some big-time throws. Well, and he also – I mean, that's that's the thing that you get with Will. Like, he's, he's just willing to make those throws, and it's the reason that you get the R.J. Garcia touchdown too uh, is, is the fact that he is putting it up at times where – there was one in particular where the TCU DB got his hands on the ball and felt like that really should have been a pick. Um, but he just keeps grinding and he's fearless. I mean, we know that he's, he's definitely fearless um, and just, just keeps finding a way. So yeah, I'm with you. It was not like an overwhelming Will Howard performance, but still if like that is going to be the the step back, then that's, that's great. And especially when you're doing it again, shorthanded without Malik Knowles for a lot of the game. Oh, when I say Will Howard's worst game, you have to remember that we're talking about a kid that would have been ranked fifth in the country in court passer rating uh, and top 10 in yards per pass attempt. And undefeated, undefeated as a yeah. starter this year. So, so what I'm saying is worst game. All right. He didn't put together uh, a top 10 performance nationally this weekend, but he was still good enough to get the job done poised, I thought maybe a little uptight early in the game, but I thought he really settled in. And yeah, again, there were a couple throws that were iffy, but they had, TCU didn't make a play on him. And uh, you know, TCU had plenty of breaks in this game too. And oh, so, I mean, yeah, you know, that's why it, it's a little funny. You're seeing a, a little bit of saltiness out there about the the dug and play uh, on TCU's overtime possession where he gets marked down, you know, inches short of the goal line, which I, I think looking at the replay to me, it seems right fine call. that he was short. But even if you want to dispute that, I mean, there were lots of breaks going TCU's way. At the top of the list is is the safety 
which like, I, I mean, I still, I do not understand that. It looks very clearly like the ball is knocked backwards before his arm is even moving forward. Like, I don't, it seemed like TV agreed from what Twitter was telling me. Like yeah. everybody seemed on the same page as that. And yet that, that gets overturned somehow. That's, that's two points right there. I mean, there's, I guess I got to read the rule book to understand that play a little bit better because I, I don't get it. Oh, man, to me, that was a fumble, but uh, that was unfortunately overturned. Obviously, the Phillip Brooks muff punt when momentum really swung. Look, I, I think you and me probably thought that we're making the drive home to uh, to Kansas City tomorrow. Uh, just thinking about the opportunities that slipped away from Kansas State when they could have really taken control of the game. The one that comes to mind, obviously, is the Phillip Brooks muff punt when K-State, you know, had scored a touchdown to start the second half and then got a three and out after a Felix sack. And they were going to have a chance to get up 28 to 10 in the third quarter with all the momentum in the world. And that muff punt sucked the air out of the K-State sideline, out of the K-State fans. And the energy, you could just feel it in the stadium on TCU side. They go down and score quickly with a short field. And then it's 21 to 17. But what does K-State do? They, they eventually answer. Deuce Vaughn has the, the touchdown touchdown run for 44 yards, which by the way, guys, and John, I was mentioning this to you in the hotel room. He didn't have a run over 10 yards in this game, except for that 44 yard run. His longest run on the day was nine yards, um, nine yard run until that 44 yarder. And, you know, I, I said to you right before that play and some folks around felt like that was going to be, he's going to bust one. He always busts one. Yeah. And he couldn't have busted one at a bigger time. Well, it was great to see him get back in open space and make someone look silly because you think back to uh, just the week before against Kansas, uh, the first drive of the game, the third offensive play of the game for K-State, they get him set up like in a very similar spot one-on-one, can't make the guy miss and he gets planted and doesn't even pick up the first down. Uh, so this was uh, this was a complete 180 of that where he looked back to his normal self. It was like the Baylor game. You know, he had a really similar one uh, against Baylor where he just put a dude on skates. Uh, so that was great. And at that point, I thought – I thought K-State had the game wrapped up there. Uh, nice little note about K-State having three top 10 wins this year, which would be Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and now TCU. Uh, so at least, you know, one that's going to stick now here, <laughs> one that's one that's going to stick. So uh, very, very appreciative of uh, the fact that you point that out for us. Thank yeah, and, and thank you for the comment, uh, Kevin. Really, we, we have a lot of fun with Brody and uh, taking him to the game. And uh, it's a blast and quite the birthday present for him today. I think he's going to – Enjoy his birthday tomorrow uh, as uh, K-State got that trophy. And uh, just a heck of a day, man. And, you know, K-State now three Big 12 championships since the league formed in 1996. We were running through all of the different teams and where that stacked up. Did we get like a definitive we, answer I, I on did. that? I yeah, like, Oklahoma Oklahoma is uh, leads and it, they far and away lead uh, yeah, Big 12 championships. Yeah. And then Kansas State is tied for second with three with Baylor and Texas. Baylor's okay. Baylor's have all occurred recently, 2013, 14, and 2021. Texas, 96, was they won the very first year, the inaugural yeah. Big 12 championship. But really, if you want to go to 2003, like if you want to go to the, the 21st century and look at it, K-State has three Big 12 titles, and it's only Baylor and Oklahoma that are right there with K-State, Oklahoma ahead, and K-State tied with Baylor, Texas would be with two. So let's look at the 21st century because Texas – really hasn't been all that relevant, uh, you know, in quite some time anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a monumental win for this program. Three top 10 wins now. Uh, that's, that's a huge, and, and it's really that it's that win on the resume. Like I know they had two other top 10 wins, but Oklahoma and Oklahoma state ended up being six and six and seven mm -hmm. and five. And now you get that, 
that resume type win that really cements this season with a win over an undefeated and top four, number three ranked TCU that uh, will really stick out. And K-State will probably, if you're listening to this tomorrow on Sunday, uh, probably jump to around seven or six in the, in the playoff poll. Or they, if you heard our uh, Friday night pregame <laughs> show, maybe K-State's in the playoff. I don't know. I mean, uh, Tulane won. Tulane, yeah, 11 and Tulane, two. Yeah, shout that out Tulane, strength of schedule is soaring on up, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Shout out to Lane. I mean, by far, by far the worst uh, loss on K-State's schedule is Texas. Uh, Lane's going to wind up in the Cotton Bowl and ranked like 15th in the in the playoff poll, the final playoff poll, which is which is wild. Uh, yeah, I agree. Burke, K-State, and Utah are definitely going to jump some teams. Uh, very similar schools and similar spots uh, winning the game there. And I mean, look, it just felt like I felt like going into the game there was some element of like destiny-ish with this K-State team where I was like, man, they're just, they're too good with Will Howard at quarterback to not go out there and finish this thing off and win this game. But the way that game played out, it was completely to the script of the national narrative and TCU and having all these comebacks and their crazy late game heroics and doing that whole thing again and Duggan, you know, I mean, it felt like he had his Heisman moment too, like the like 50 yard run that got him really close to the uh, the game tying touchdown. It felt like all that was like setting up for a crescendo of, of more TCU BS where they're just pulling one out of the fire at the end of the game. And this team was able to withstand that. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part about this team and the culture and the makeup 
of, of what you have in the locker room is to be able to withstand like a moment like that, all the momentum, all the stuff, you know, to the point where, again, we're checking out. I was real involved, like yelling and stuff on defense. And then in overtime, I was just like hands on knees. I just kind of stopped and gave up. Uh, but they they certainly didn't. And, uh, you know, with like a third string, no tackle in the game at that point in time, they they found a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John, I'll, I'll give him credit. John was more positive than me at different points in the game. He's telling me, Cole, we got this. Everything's going to well, be fine. I, legitimately, you know, I, it, I felt I felt like it was even after the muff punt. I was like, yeah. I think they've got this. They're playing too well. They're going to still win this game. It was until 28-28 that yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, well, look, you know, I just couldn't get that feeling out of the pit of my stomach of the experience in Fort Worth and thinking K-State once again looks like the better football team, but things are starting to fall into place for the Horn Frogs and are going to pull it out. You see it scrolling across the bottom. But if you guys aren't subscribed to our, our KCSNU page or uh, on our Apple and Spotify platforms, please do so. Like, subscribe, leave comments. We really appreciate that helps us. Uh, if you guys can subscribe to, the, to our channel on KCSNU. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, we could go through some various numbers I put together, John, in the game. But, you know, one of the one of the most telling things to me is K-State goes not three and out to start the game, but they get the ball to start after TCU deferred. And they, they only get one first down. They don't score. And, and that doesn't feel great. And then TCU right out of the gate connects on a 50-plus yard pass to Quentin Johnston when they're down at their own yeah. six-yard line. And, Gets the TCU crowd roaring. They eventually score on 13 plays, get up 7-0. Then K-State goes three and out, and TCU's got a chance to get up two scores right out of the gate. K-State buckles down, holds them to a long field goal attempt of 54 yards. It misses, and then K-State eventually takes a 21-10 lead. But if you look at what that K-State defense did, John, after that first touchdown, let me find it right here. So in the first half, TCU had seven drives. They scored 10 points. Well, I just said that they scored on their first drive of the game. So the next six drives, they only scored three points. Total in the game, TCU had 13 drives for 28 points. That's 2.15 points per drive. That is the second lowest for that TCU offense all season. That's non-con and Big 12 play included, only behind their 17 to 10 performance against Texas when the Longhorns held the Horned Frogs to 17 points. Um, this was a TCU team that was averaging 3.2 points per drive on the season on offense, ranked 13th in the country. Uh, it actually, it even stretches into the second half, John. So they close out that first half, just holding them to three points over the next six drives. The first two drives of the second half, TCU scoreless. You get a turnover. Yeah. Uh, you get the, you know, so well, your you, safety you, was one of them, the safety, yeah, non-safety. Right. You had, you had eight drives after that first touchdown, TCU on the next eight drives scored three points. It's pretty incredible, folks. And, you know, if, if you look at it also at the end of that first half, their, their next five drives after that first touchdown, they ran 16 plays for 75 yards, just 4.7 yards per play. Uh, and, and I think one of the biggest storylines, John, TCU 2 of 15 on third downs in this game, 13%. This was a that was the worst for TCU all season in any game. What did we talk about in Fort Worth? In case they can get off the field. TCU was 10 of 19 on third downs in the game mm -hmm. at TCU. And I think actually, so they went two of 15 in the game. But if I went back and looked, weren't both their third down conversions like the first couple of drives of the game? Because I remember I was upset. I do remember I, you saying, it, yeah. It, it felt like now they did get a couple of very big fourth down conversions uh, that were impactful. But five of 19 between third and fourth downs, uh, really just an incredible feat for this K-State defense. It, it was, and again, pretty pretty battered and bruised, you know, by this point of the year to, to find a way to do that too. I mean, just thinking back to it, I, I kind of forget about the 
the first 10 minutes or so of the game, it, it maybe 10 minutes of game time is a little bit too much there. The first like three or four drives, you know, it's seven, nothing. You, you wasted getting the ball first, didn't do anything. They score, they get the ball back and are driving um, before. What was the, what, did they, what was the first stem the tide kind of moment there to get the ball back? Was there a turnover there? It was, it, they missed the field goal. Oh, they missed the, the field goal. The 50, That's right. It turns, into, yeah, it turns into like a 54-yard field goal. Man, I did not sleep much last night. I am just on fumes oh, well, right now. Well, so my we, brain isn't really working and, uh, really well. And to be honest, like we haven't really had a chance to fully digest this. Trevor, that's right. College football runs through Manhattan, Kansas, baby. It sure does. Yeah. That's, does. That's, if you can tell, that's how you know that we're like gassed right now. It's like Cole doesn't even really have the energy to sell that thing right I now. I mean, look, it, it, it's something we will have to go back and rewatch and we'll do another comprehensive, more detailed comprehensive show with Derek. You know, he's busy right now. As you see highlights rolling through, if you're watching on YouTube of a, a heck of a throw RJ and Garcia, catch man. by R.J. Garcia, redshirt freshman, his first touchdown catch of his career. Just another dude stepping up and making a big play. Uh, that's a heck of a catch and a heck of a play. The stadium was going pretty nuts at that point. The atmosphere was incredible. I'm just looking just, at I mean, it. How about like Will throwing that ball? Like have it not only making the throw, period, but having the confidence to make the throw to R.J. Garcia, like a guy yeah. who's – not done much this year. And I mean, to be honest, like we heard a lot of great things about him and I know he's battled some injuries throughout the year. We've, we've heard that pretty consistently, but I think we like expected some more legitimate contributions from yep. him throughout the year. But if you would have just told me, Hey, he's going to give you a 25 yard touchdown pass and a three point overtime win in the big 12 championship game. Like, all right, freshman year well spent. Man. Yeah, that's, that's uh well worth it. That's a difference making type play for the biggest game of the season. So yeah, RJ Garcia with a heck of a play there, just different guys stepping up for Kansas state. DJ Giddens had a really nice drive at one point in the yeah. game where he had four or five consecutive runs and was churning out a couple different first downs. I think he ended up with six carries for 29, 30 yards, almost five yards per carry. K-State as a team ran the ball 44 times for 205 yards. That's the second most rushing yards that any team's had against that TCU defense all season. So, you know, the only the only game they gave up more was 232 against Baylor earlier in the year, just a couple weeks ago, actually. So, you know, while it didn't feel like you were getting a big burst play in the running game, they were churning and burning like four or five yards at several times, you know, and then eventually, like I said earlier, Deuce didn't have a 10-yard-plus run in the game until – that 44 yard touchdown run. And you just knew he was going to eventually bust one and he did. And that was a huge play. And, you know, the only other thing I'll say on the defense, you know, so Max Duggan, 50% completion percentage, 18 of 36 in the game. Uh, that is his worst completion percentage of the season in any game. And also his lowest passing rating of any game this season. So K-State playing without Echo Boydo, great corner. Look, you're, you're seeing this goal line stand here, right here. Like, Eli Huggins, uh, again, talk about it. Well, so there, I mean, there's a great thing right there, right? Like Eli Huggins, it was not, I don't know that we thought he was going to come back last year. And Eli Huggins winds up coming back for, was this his sixth year in the program? Fifth or sixth year? Comes back, uses the COVID year when he didn't have to, whether it was them having to convince him or it just happens that he winds up being involved in Big 12 championship winning plays here coming down the stretch after, by the way, being snubbed on the all Big 12 team. But I mean, that's, that's just like the example of this team and this culture. Like that's a lot of places you're not going to have a guy like that stick around for an extra year. But I think he he probably had a good idea of what this team had, what they were capable of, and wanted to be a part of it and wanted to, to play another year for climate. And he winds up making one of the biggest plays in, in the game. Yeah, two two guys, Daniel Green involved too in there. That you know, two guys that decided to come back because they thought they had a really good team potentially get to the Big Twelve championship. Two guys that were at. 
Big 12 media days in Arlington, and we asked him repeatedly, I'm going to get back here for this championship, and you got to feel great for those guys to be rewarded with this moment. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work to get here. You think about all the work that goes in in the off-season conditioning strength program and then grind through the heat, 100-degree days, and get through the season and all the bumps and bruises these guys play through and to have that chance to get rewarded. Just incredibly grateful and appreciative of all the work the coaching staff and these players have done to allow everybody to to get to feel this moment. It's a special special time to be a Kansas State fan right now. Yeah, just like co contributions from everybody and, you know, people that I think deserve recognition. Like Malik Knowles gets hurt, but he was great. great. Helped set up a touchdown drive with the 40-yard run that he had when he winds up getting hurt, which that was all – I just feel for him, man, because it didn't, it didn't look that bad. Um, he looked a little gimpy, and, and we saw him limping, but then he – he got in the injury tent, popped out, and was trying to jog on the sideline. So I don't. We didn't really think anything of it until we started seeing people on Twitter saying that Holly Rowe had reported that he was potentially done for the day and was like crying on the on the sideline. So uh, feel for him, but he absolutely contributed in that game when they had to have something early on when the offense was a little bit stagnant, like they kind of needed a jump start. Um, when he was able to do that, the other thing I would point out is is Adrian Martinez. There was a great moment. I think it was Sully Ingles uh, with KWCH who captured it on Twitter, but got a great moment with uh, with Adrian and Will after the game hugging. You know, and I mean, it's like Adrian saying, "Like, hey, you deserve this. This, you know what, man? I mean, I, he kept saying that to him, and he's just like for Adrian Martinez to do that after transferring here, thinking he was going to be the guy, getting hurt, kind of getting Wally pipped. You know, I mean, it was basically that situation this year. You get hurt, Will Howard comes in and balls. He goes and wins the Big 12 championship for Adrian to still have that kind of attitude in that moment uh, just speaks volumes to the kind of person that he is. And not only that, I, I got a chance really to watch him the last two weeks uh, quite a bit on the sideline, in particular at the Kansas game. I was on row two, um, so I was right behind the K-State bench, and I watched him a lot. And, I mean, he's just – he's as engaged as anybody on the sideline, pumping people up, talking to Will uh, after drives and possessions – um, just anything you could ask for, just like consummate professional, consummate teammate. And to do that after all he's been through in his career, uh, to, to have that sort of attitude with the situation that unfolded this year, I just please recognize him. I mean, there's a reason Kleiman was doing his postgame interview with Holly Rowe uh, right down there on the field and gets asked about Will Howard and he stops and says, let's talk about Adrian Martinez first. And I mean, stand up guy Kleiman to do that. Um but also just it's it's a fair point. Like we all need to recognize Adrian, not only what he contributed to this team, but what he didn't do. Because what he could have done is really driven a wedge through all of this and made it much more difficult to make the quarterback change yeah. and all that. But he didn't. He didn't. And uh, he's he's smoking a cigar with everybody else after the game, winning a Big 12 championship because of it. Just an incredible, likable dude, uh, a great teammate. There's a reason he set foot on campus and was named a team captain. And you look at him at Nebraska, he was the first three-time team captain in Nebraska school history. You knew you were getting an incredible fit for the locker room, and it would have been easy to be bitter about losing your job due to an injury as a quarterback. And obviously right now he couldn't do anything about it as he's injured, but hopefully we'll be back for the Sugar Bowl. It sounds like he will probably all in all. Well, so, good. yeah, that was I was I was watching. He, he was doing Instagram Live, uh, so he's on like an IG Live video, and someone in the comments was like asking about his injury, and he said, I'm, I'm straight. I'm not going to miss the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, uh, so sounds like he'll be all right. Are you talking Adrian or Malik? Oh, I'm sorry, I was talking Malik. Well, I mean, I, my brain's all. I'm, <laughs> I was reading Malik on B. No, I mean, I'm sorry. it I'm does sorry. sound like, and and here actually, as you see a highlight if you're watching on our YouTube that's, page, that's my fault. That is yeah, a total. No. 
That is a, a heck of a throw by Will Howard to Malik Knowles early on in the game, first quarter, when K-State needed a big play. And that's a 40-yard pass. Malik Knowles actually had two of K-State's explosive plays. He had a 40-yard run and a 40-yard pass in this game. That's how impactful he was, John, yeah. in just the first quarter before that injury occurred. And, you know, that 40-yard run, he could have went out of bounds at about, you know, after 20 yards, but he cut it up, stiff-armed the guy, and dragged for an extra 20 yards for this team. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Malik Knowles, it, it sounds like at least he's optimistic he'll be back for the Sugar Bowl. Um, but also, you know, Adrian Martinez, I think, will be back for the Sugar Bowl. Not saying Adrian Martinez is going to start, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a package thrown in there. And I'm just happy for him to be able to dress in a uniform in a meaningful game like that. Because to your point, it is fun to watch him on the sideline. He is a heck of a teammate. And he was down on the sideline today when things were getting a little tough, trying to encourage guys, pump guys up, going up and down the sideline. Uh, it, it just speaks volumes to this locker room that Kansas State's created. And we heard that all year. We heard it before the season. It's the tightest locker room, best culture that yeah. Kansas State's had. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Jared, they, they, were, they were not lying about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jared, percent fans, seems 60-40 favorite TCU. I don't think so, actually. I would have said the other way. I've, I, been, I've been saying – I thought it was about 60-40 K-State. Yeah, I thought it was more K-State. Uh, Maybe like 55-45. I thought slight edge, slight edge K-State. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was it was a great crowd. Uh, unbelievable atmosphere yeah like just a sorry i don't mean to but like just such a cool atmosphere to be in there man i mean that was it it looked like 75 percent full yeah no it was a great atmosphere you know there were rumors that ticket sales weren't going great but i think you said best attended game since 2018 and anytime you get 70,000 fans like that for a conference title game uh that's great and yeah there weren't a ton of empty seats and it was very loud you could feel the swings in there of emotion uh it was a great Great atmosphere. The the only other thing, you know, and actually here, here's the deuce touchdown run uh, on a second and five play where this guy had no chance in space for TCU as he just takes a seat. Uh, man, that place got loud then. And then uh, K-State eventually holds him to a field goal after that, makes it 28-20, but couldn't put the, put the game away completely. And unfortunately, TCU took it to overtime. But one thing we'll say about that, John, and we talked about this a little bit after the game, we talked about TV ratings going into that game and how it might be that the highest rated game outside of maybe the sec uh going into the day uh, other fan bases large prominent fan bases rooting for tcu to lose and maybe fall out of the playoff the way the game transpired going to overtime the tv ratings are going to be through the roof for this game it's a great game people were tuning in a lot of eyeballs on kansas state and i saw someone else comment earlier about recruiting yes this is going to be huge for recruiting for the next few weeks as they approach signing day. Hopefully K-State can flip a couple kids committed elsewhere. Hopefully they can land a couple of impact transfer guys as that heats up over the next couple of weeks. We talked about it a little bit on the live show heading into the TCU game on Friday night. Uh, it, it's There's just all sorts of benefits for the program. And I, I think you're gonna see a, a pretty fun moment tonight here against Wichita State as the uh, expect the football team to probably Enter Bramlage Coliseum at some point, maybe at halftime with that Big 12 championship trophy. What a moment that'll be. I hope uh, that game's getting ready to tip off soon. I hope there's a good crowd. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You just The, the, the next month is just going to be a blast. I mean, you're LSU getting stomped out in the, uh, in the SEC championship game basically means Bama, unless Bama somehow sneaks into the playoff. I mean, I hesitate to even say just, that better not happen. But uh, if they don't, you're looking at Bama in the Sugar Bowl as the Big 12 champ after knocking off TCU and uh, going into, yes, signing day uh, with a lot of high-profile kids. You're still kind of after, you know. I mean, we'll see what happens with Dylan Edwards or Josh Manning if they're able to do anything there. 
um, but also transfers. And yeah, we're in the midst of the most exciting recruiting period that we've ever seen for, for K-State football, pretty much. Um, Certainly in the era where it's covered the way that it is now. And so it's just, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be really fun. It is incredible publicity for the program. Uh, Flags fly forever. You're not going to have another one hanging up at, uh, at Bill Snyder family stadium. And, uh, yeah, there, there is, uh, I can't say enough about the positive momentum that you're going to have rolling through there into the off season. And there's something, there's something about getting that 10th win, John also, and, and getting that out of the way in the big 12 championship, obviously a very important championship to claim, but now you kind of feel like you're going into that sugar bowl, just playing with house money a little bit, you know, uh, Alabama, it, it, hopefully case they can get some guys back healthy. They're pretty banged up right now. They got a few weeks to hopefully recover. Uh, but it, it feel obviously I don't want to take the the moral victory type approach. I want to win the game, and I'll yeah. I'll feel anxious and nervous as that game gets closer. But right now, it just kind of feels like you got that tenth win. You got a Big Twelve championship. This season has already been a monstrous success, and now you're just kind of trying to put the cherry on top, get to that eleventh win. And if you get to that eleventh win, you're probably talking about the highest ranked finish in Kansas State football history in terms of the polls. Yeah, we were speaking of recruiting. Avery Johnson was at the game. By the way, I saw yeah. people uh, taking pictures with him. Uh, that 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 helps. It's just cool that he's been yeah he's that engaged so along for the yeah so along for the ride just like ready ready to go yeah um yeah. what did you mention right before that I had something for that too what TV ratings um I should yeah, Sugar Bowl getting eleven yeah. win finishing yeah. highest in the polls ever oh highest in the polls that's what it was so okay because we were looking that up the ninety seven season when they went eleven and one they won the Fiesta Bowl and they beat Donovan McNabb in Syracuse by like seventeen it, it they finished eighth. That's shocking. I think I want to say 95. Let me talk for a second. I'm going to look at 95 uh, because I'm pretty sure actually 19. I think 95 wound up being the highest, which is weird because you don't think of that as being, that was not one of those 11 win seasons. But uh, for some reason that is sticking in my mind. They won won the Holiday Bowl. They won the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it very well they might have seven. been. They were seven. They were seventh. Okay, seventh that's what I, 95. That's what I was thinking. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be talking about at work. If you beat Alabama, you'd be finishing no worse than fifth at that point. And we'll see where K-State jumps tomorrow. Pro- but, probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think the chance is going to be there to be fifth or sixth yeah. uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, one other thing from the actual game. I thought this was interesting, John. So Quentin Johnson, Max Duggan threw for 251. Quentin Johnson had four catches, 139 yards. He was a monster. He had 35 yards a catch. And probably, what, another two pass interference? Yeah, he drew two PIs in yeah. addition to that. So you could really credit him with 170-plus yeah. yards. Uh, some big plays. And, and Julius Brents, I mean, that's just a tough matchup. They were leaving Brents on an island. 
uh, a lot. Has Matt Campbell won 10 yet? Brett Byer, that's a great question. Actually, yeah, I think you know the answer to this. Iowa State's never won 10. So uh, let's just I, I need to add to that Twitter collection that I had for Iowa State fans. Well, I've got some season, bookmarks so, that I can go through at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So so Quentin Johnson has the four for 139, 35 yards of catch. The other 14 receptions combined for 112 yards, eight yards of catch. No other receiver for TCU, tight end or receiver, reached 30 yards receiving in the game. And we talked about it wasn't just the Quentin Johnson show with this offense. They had three receivers in Tay Barber, Johnston, and Darius Davis that had combined for 360 catches and 5,300 yards in their career, all veteran guys. Tay Barber and Darius Davis did not hurt you today. Wiley at tight end had a couple of nice catches. I mean, but, really, the only thing he did was a two-point conversion, right? I was yeah. about to say, like, Wiley, I didn't even – when he caught Early the two-point the conversion, game, I was like, where, where the hell has this guy been? Well, he had the one game. sitting on his butt that he caught, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I think he had one other catch. But it wasn't – those guys were not difference makers. And, and Kendra Miller, a guy that killed you at TCU in the game in October, I never felt like he had – like, he had – so he had one run over 20 yards in this game. It was a 21-yard run. Uh, a 14-yard run, and then I think a 15-yard run. He ended up with 82 yards. But I felt like K-State bottled up that running game for TCU somewhat well, even though the final numbers show 5.9 yards for carry with Max Duggan busting a couple of big runs. TCU actually had seven explosive plays of 20 yards or more. Uh, so you would think they would have scored more than you know having their second-worst points per drive. But turnovers ultimately proved to be one of the biggest storylines of the game. I mean, the Julius Brents interception in the end zone, uh, was a huge yeah. game-changing play because it's 21 to 17. They could go up. K-State calls a blitz. Austin Moore gets pressure on Duggan. He throws it up. Brents makes the interception. That's when K-State then went down and scored a touchdown and got up 28 to 17 and swung the momentum in the other direction. K-State forces two turnovers. That's a TCU team that had only turned the ball over eight times all year. Two turnovers and a turnover on downs in overtime. Well, the, the other turnover was really big, too. I'm trying to remember what the score was. It was a fumble. Point. Yeah, it was uh, It was, was going was into to... half. It, I okay. think K-State was up 14-7, okay. to seven and Quentin Johnston fumbled the ball uh, on a Julius Brents hit. It was the first play of that drive. That was after an explosive. That was an yeah. explosive until that happened. Yeah, yeah. They, they eventually ended up later getting a field goal still because where it did – she felt kind of uneasy going into half is because K-State had multiple times to get up two scores, and TCU was going to get the ball to start the second half. And K-State could not capitalize. The Cade Warner call was overturned. Ball hit the ground. You thought you were going to maybe go into halftime running the clock out and getting points, being up two scores. They didn't. Uh, that felt like a game-changing play. But eventually, the defense just buckled down. I mean, they just – that first drive of the second half. What was it at TCU? They went right down in Fort Worth in the October game, scored a touchdown, momentum swung. This time, K-State forces them into a – was it a three and out right out of the gate? Of the second half well it was yeah it was the because it was the safety that wasn't yeah so you you, yeah. you pin them deep inside their own territory which again field position was a huge aspect in this game we didn't touch on ty zender i mean god guys no ty zender continues to be awesome and he got the hero moment where he's like held up on the shoulders of everybody which he so very much deserves for everything he's done throughout his career and then uh you know to cap it off with the, the game-winning field goal there um, just, you know, I mean, you felt so much more comfortable with him once he really took over that job and for him to be doing all three things, just, just awesome. Just awesome. And he got kind of snubbed on the, with the Ray guy thing, not being a finalist there. So it was just, yeah, very, very happy for him. And a guy who just bleeds purple. He's the one that was kissing the power cat That's on the way bad. off against Kansas, yeah. like just a, a cat through and through, man. So yeah. shout out to, to Ty Zentner for getting that done. 
Love seeing that. I'm trying to think. Let me go through my Twitter timeline real quick and see if there's any any last little. Uh, oh, while you're doing that, our note to the park yeah. with your. Yeah, while you're doing that, because I'm sure everybody does want to watch the, the basketball. Yeah, game, everyone's so. gonna get to the basketball game while you're doing that, real quick, John. I just want to thank Holiday Distillery, our, our friends, supporters, advertisers, uh, 360 vodka, Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon. Uh, had some of that. My my dad actually told me that uh, I had a Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon sitting on my bar. They're they're watching the twin girls at home. In my house, while we were at the game, uh, he told me he poured himself a victory drink of Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon and uh, really liked it, actually. So get yourself a bottle of 360 Vodka or Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon. We appreciate the support of Holiday Distillery 360 Vodka. They're great K-State people, as USA John, and threw us a heck of a tailgate before the KU game. Uh, and also got a, a situation range at Bimmer Jacks last night uh, here in Arlington near the stadium where we did a live show at, at just want to give a shout out to everybody we met down there. You know, really enjoyed talking to so many of you and getting to actually meet with you face to face. I know we interact with so many of you on Twitter and hear from you in comments, but getting to meet a lot of you was a lot of fun. And, and hopefully we can catch up and meet more in person after that. So really appreciate all of you that came out uh, for that. You, you got anything on Twitter? Uh, I mean, I just think the only things that I'm looking back through, like, I mean, Corso, um, Corso picking, picking K-State. Uh, with the headgear was great. I also love the, this is going to be like, you're pretty deep into internet lingo and talk here, but K-State hit TCU with the same thing they've been doing after every single one of their wins with those goofy frog videos that they've been throwing out. I don't even totally understand that. That's, I think this is more like the TikTok generation uh, than it is me, but I still very much appreciate that. People pointed out, I mean, two years in a row, last year it was like down to the very end, like the inches for Oklahoma State where they get stopped and then here I mean it's inches for Max Duggan uh, with the play at the goal line in overtime where he gets stopped and just how how there is some some bit of symmetry over the last two years in the Big 12 championship for that I also just love I mean K-State first uh, first Big 12 champ in uh, Brett Yormark's new Big 12 with kind of the new look uh, new look league yeah. with, with how things are going what is Iowa or uh, I'm sorry is uh Michigan struggling right now. Seven to seven. Purdue's got the ball. Oh, seven Michigan to seven. Okay. Man, they got Purdue's got the ball. In Michigan I was getting, territory. I was getting texts. I was seeing texts. Boiler up. Boiler up. up, there. Boiler yeah. up. Playoff. Yeah, Michigan should plummet. Michigan uh, should I, plummet. I I do enjoy how. Uh, what has Michigan just, uh, done this year? Well, they beat Ohio State. Where's Jed when I need him? <laughs> Jed, what has Michigan done this year? Uh, yeah. Nope. I uh, I think that's uh, that's probably a wrap for this one. But okay. like I said, we'll have All a. Right. We'll have another more comprehensive show with DYDY is just busy pulling together a lot of stuff for on three case in online tonight. Yeah, go uh go sub right now. I'd say that's a pretty good time with uh signing day, like yeah, uh, just around the corner. I encourage you to just go to on the big twelve. Yeah, encourage you to go to on three, pretty affordable deal. Go to on three, subscribe to caseinonline.com. Derek Young, Drew Galloway, Grant Flanders, they do great work. Also, I gotta give a shout out to I I, I don't even know that I got this lovely man's name, but I was out with my aunt and uh, and her husband getting some dinner after the game here, and a three mile listener came up and shook my hand and was very nice. And then we're getting ready to leave, and he he bought us dinner. He bought us dinner. So thank you very very much for that. You guys you guys are awesome. Bought bought, bought John dinner. John John continues to get all the perks. He gets the free seats on the fifty yard line all the time. Now he's getting dinner bought for him. You know, John rides down passenger seat as I drive through the stressful Dallas traffic. You know, he's, well, he's the talent here. He just shows up and uh, puts on the show. 
And, in fairness, uh, you you offered to drive. I mean, I didn't. Even no, actually, really I was totally. Anything. I was totally fine. With the that. Dallas traffic, the DFW traffic did suck. Yeah, well, especially when it's like eleven o'clock at night. You're just trying to get back on a front road to your nice, hotel. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, nice twenty minute traffic jam at uh, eleven thirty at night last night. Anyways, I digress. Won't miss you, DFW. I, you know what else? I, I hope none of those frogs on their way home left their phone hypnotoed them. You know, all those Ooh. damn banners that we saw from uh, like the Texas Department of Highway or whatever. And say, oh, don't let your phone hypnotize. Here's here's your mark. This is my one beef. This is my one beef. The jumbotron shots throughout that game, especially late, oh, they yeah. were. It was like ninety percent TCU, and it was like ninety percent hypnotoad stuff, which was making their crowd go nuts. So it was like I was like, come on, man, like at least make this 50-50. It was all it was all hypnotoad there. Was just getting barraged by it. I was. Uh, yeah. It, it seemed like there was a clear intent. To try and get the TCU fans revved up and going and hyped up because that fourth quarter, that's that's what it was. The jumbotron was all focused on TCU. TCU was somehow allowed to bring their stupid horn machine. I hate that thing. And it's on K State's side and uh, ridiculous. And I hate that thing. I've hated it for a long time because back when I was covering the team on a regular basis and I I would do I would film on the sideline. Um I would go, I'd be like standing in the end zone and you'd forget about the thing and TC would score a touchdown and then you'd just get blasted by it. I mean, it would just blow up your eardrum from behind because you had no idea that it was there. So I've hated it for a long, I've been a, an old school TCU horn thing hater, whatever, whatever exactly that is. Uh, not a fan. I saw, I saw Neil popping in saying, I've got a drink named after me. It's so long. Are we just talking about the, the curtsy, the Boulevard wheat with, uh, with pineapple? You're such a celebrity, man. Uh, that's not. I don't think I really have a drink name, but that's just one do. that I made up. Actually, someone shouted out KSU underscore fan, which yes, shout out to him as well um, for helping us out last night and just generally being awesome and a good follow. Um, yeah. He's the one I think that really coined that because when we used to, um, it was when KSU was doing something, but he would hang out with us and I would always get the Boulevard wheat with uh, with pineapple juice. So yeah. we started calling it a curtsy. Anyway, all right, we're rambling. Let's call uh, champs. Let's try and go watch some hoops. Uh, We'll 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 get ourselves collected. Hopefully, after some sleep, uh, yeah. we'll have a we'll have a show for you on Monday with Dy. That'll be a little more comprehensive. So, uh, thank you. Appreciate BJ Kissel for uh, getting us on tonight. Thank you for everybody who hung out with us. Thank for thank you for everybody who came by. We sincerely appreciate you all. The cats are Big Twelve champs, baby. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.